question. Why is the New Testament so obsessed with Christians imitating Christ? Why is this call to imitate Christ an essential goal for all Christians? Or why is it an uncompromisable, if they such a word, why is it an uncompromisable necessity that all Christians must imitate Christ? Assuming that we are not imitating Christ just for the sake of thinking, to set a new trend, then why? What is the far deeper purpose of imitating Christ? Guys, the answer to this question is in fact at the very heart of this sermon. In fact, the answer is the heart, the core, the nucleus, the kernel, the seed. Have I covered all families? <laughs> it is the heart of the theme of atonement. So let me explain. It is not rocket science, it's all found in the Bible, and I'll show you. Let me show you four passages. First one, Romans 8.29. It says, Those whom God knew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness, to the image of his son, the Jesus. 1 Corinthians 15.49. Just as we have borne the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the man of heaven, Jesus. 2 Corinthians 3.18. We are being transformed into the image, into the same image of Jesus from one degree of glory to another. And lastly, from 1 John 3, Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when Jesus appears, we will be like Him, because we shall see as He is. The point is, Christians don't imitate Christ for the mere sake of mimicking. A far, the far deeper purpose is that in imitating Christ, we are becoming more and more like Christ. The four passages show that Christ-likeness is what God wants to see in each and every one of us. John thought of it in this way. If we had to sum up a single brief, in a single brief sentence, what life is all about, why Jesus came into this world to live and die and rise, and what God is up to in the long drawn out historical process from BC and AD, it would be difficult to find more succinct explanation than this. And he said this, God is making human beings more human by making them more like Christ. Stop at God's whole purpose, conceived in eternity, being worked out for and in His people in history, to be completed in glory to come, can be encapsulated in this single concept. God intends to make us like Christ. Did you get it? The destiny of Christians is to be truly human again. And to be truly human is to be like Christ. These are very exclusive and bold statements, so let me explain. You see, God the Creator 
created humans in his own image in such a place. Genesis 1.27, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. We humans then spoil and skew this image in our disobedience. The sad fact of sin teaches us that God's image in man is distorted. But the Bible declares that God has been busy restoring that image. And he's doing it by making us more and more like Christ, who is the ultimate human, the perfect man. So brothers and sisters, do you begin to see the huge implication this has on what you think the gospel is? What is so good about the good news? Well, the gospel is not just God justifying sinners. The gospel is not just God giving you an immunity necklace to escape his wrong when he comes. No, the gospel is more and bigger than that. God's work is in you, in you, it's not just, sorry, let me start again. God's work in you is not just giving you a stamp on the forehead, declaring you righteous. Though this is that. Justification is a crucial part of God's work in you, but this is not the end. The gospel, the good news, is that God is working to restore you to what you were meant to be. God is restoring your very human being, your humanness. That is why God is asking you and me to imitate Christ. Because He is molding you and me to be more and more like a perfect man, Jesus. So, why is the call to imitate Christ an essential call for all Christians? Well, God's goal is to make us more human. So it is essential that we imitate Christ and become more like Him. So that when He appears, we shall be like Him. And when that happens, Christ will be glorifying us. To be like Christ, to be truly human again, is our destiny as human beings. But the question remains. The question is how? How is it going to happen? How is it possible to imitate Christ and become one? And just to be clear, we are not talking about here skin-deep Christ-likeness. We are not merely talking about external resemblance to Jesus Christ, right? Not superficial modification of behavior patterns in conformity to some Christian subculture. No, we are talking about here a deep inward change of character, a change in the very nature of human being, leading to a radical change in conduct. We are talking about here to be truly being like Christ, thoroughly, profoundly, deeply, and highly like Christ. Bible is not joking when it says that you will be like Christ. We cannot accept anything less. So the question again is how? How is it possible? 
Turn with me now to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Corinthians chapter 3, both the gospel, but Romans, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, 5, 3 Corinthians, you're in trouble. <laughs> 2 Corinthians 3. <laughs> 2 Corinthians 3, reading from verse 17 and 18. Your neighbors can't find it, please come. Verse 17. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, with unveiled faces, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image, from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. What is he saying? Christians are being transformed into the image of the Lord more and more from one degree of glory to another. We are continuously, progressively and steadily becoming more and more like the Lord. And how does this happen? Very clear. Verse 18. This comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. The same Lord whose glory we behold is himself changing us into his image and his likeness. We are being made to be more like him by him. It is the Lord Jesus himself who makes us more like the Lord Jesus. And he does it by his Holy Spirit. Christians are being transformed into the likeness of Christ by the Spirit of Christ. And how does the Spirit does it? Take a look at 2 Corinthians 3, verse 3. Paul is here talking to the Corinthian Christians. The you here refers to the Corinthian Christians. So 2 Corinthians 3, verse 3. And you show that you are a letter from Christ, delivered by us, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God not on tablets of stone, but on the tablets of human hearts. Here we see the inward work of the Spirit in Christians. Jesus Christ, by the Spirit, is writing God's moral law on the hearts of his people. And this deep inward, this deep inward sanctifying work of the Spirit is making Christ-like characters so visible in the Corinthians that they themselves are a letter from Christ. That is, their transformed lives reflect Christ. They are becoming Christ-like because God's Spirit is at work in them. <coughs> so back to the question that I asked earlier. How could we ever write things like Shakespeare? How could we ever be alive like Christ? It is impossible, and the very suggestion of it is a joke. However, William Campbell, who asked this question, continues to say this. He says, Ah, but if the genius of Shakespeare were to enter us, then the right place for him. 
and if the spirit of Jesus were able to enter us, then we could live life like him. And the good news is, but though we cannot have the genius of Shakespeare, we can have the spirit of Jesus. William Temple then concludes, the Christian way to holiness is not that we struggle to live like Jesus, but that Jesus, by His Spirit, come to live in us. Daily, steadily, and progressively, Christians are being changed to the image of Jesus by the indwelling power the Spirit of Christ in us. That is the way, Christ, that is why Christians, as Christians, we strive to imitate Christ daily because we know that the Holy Spirit is at work to transform us slowly but surely. You see, our God, the only God, has really got it all packed down and all taken care of. He has not taken care of only your initial salvation, but your ongoing transformation into Christ-likeness. He has nailed it down. So, brothers and sisters, we are those who can go and strive to imitate Christ daily. But some of us may say, but, but I can't. Of course you can't. You say, but I don't have the strength to do that. Of course you don't. It is not you. It is the Spirit of Christ in you who is changing you. Slowly but surely. When Jesus appears, we shall be like him. Romans 8.29 says, Those whom God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son. There is no doubt about it. But then, in what ways are we to be imitated in Christ? What is Christ like? And what are we imitated of him? In what ways is he an example to Christian living? Let me now show you four characteristics of Jesus that scripture points us to imitate. Firstly, Jesus is one who empties and humbles himself. He emptied himself of rule. He humbled himself to serve. He laid aside his heavenly majesty. He renounces his status and privileges. Christ is a model of humility for believers. Come with me now to Philippians 2. Flip your Bibles. You need to read these passages for yourself. Philippians 2. Philippians 2, reading from verse 4 to verse 8. Listen carefully to God's call to us, to you and to me to imitate Christ in this way. And as we read, remember that we are not just reading a paragraph from fiction on Ethiopia describing what an ideal life is. No, we are talking about real possible spirit and power imitation. God's word is serious when he asks us to imitate. Verse 4. Let each one of you look not only to his own interests, 
but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Who those who were born in the form of God did not count for the God thing to grasp, but made himself nothing, taking the form of the servant, being born in the likeness of man. What does this say to us? What does this say to us? It's telling us as a church that we are to be humble, for our Lord is humble. He was God, and yet humbled himself. Secondly, Jesus is one who humbled himself, not just for humbling sake. He humbled himself to serve others. Mark 10, 45, Jesus came not to be served, but to serve. John 13, If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do as I have done to you. 1 John 3, by, me, by this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. So brothers and sisters, church, this is our God, the servant king. We just sang this. This is our God, the servant king. He calls us now to follow him. Each other's needs to prefer for it is Christ we are serving. Imitate Christ as a servant. Thirdly, Jesus is one who loved his enemies. Jesus called his followers not to repay evil for evil, but to love their enemies, to pray for their persecutors, to do good to those who wanted to do harm to them. Turn with me now to 1 Peter 2. 1 Peter 2. Again, listen carefully to God's call to you and I to imitate Christ in this way. Verse 20. For what credit is it? Is it if when you sin and are beaten for it, you endure? But if when you do good and suffer for it, you endure, this is a gracious thing in the sight of God. For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth, when he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him just justly. Let me read to you Colossians 3. Bear with one another. How about you, Sir? One Corinthians 3, since the bell is run. Colossians 3, verse 13. Why before the bell is
and it still became clear that he knew very little Christian doctrine. But he finished by saying this. I'm not quite sure, but I'm going to trust and I'm going to obey. This line was eventually used and became a famous hymn. So church, we are asked to imitate Christ in this. Trust God and obey, for there is no other way to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. So in summary, the Jesus Christ in the Bible, the Jesus Christ that Scripture presents to us as an example, is one who emptied himself and humbled himself. He is one who served others. He is one who loved his enemies. He is one who trusted and obeyed God. Church, this is the Jesus we are to imitate. Let me now try to wrap things up. This evening we have looked at another theme of atonement. This theme presents Jesus in his death as an example for Christians to follow. Scripture explicitly calls upon all believers to imitate Jesus Christ. So here's a big question for you tonight. Christians, have you been imitating Christ? Really imitating. I mentioned earlier, I wouldn't be surprised that many of you have a very small and hence distorted view of salvation. Salvation for you is just about God giving you that unity stand. I am justified. I will enter heaven to solve. So I wouldn't be surprised if you haven't been imitating Christ. Have you been imitating Christ? Well, that is a big question. Now let me ask a million dollar question. If you have not been imitating Christ, who have you been imitating? If you have not been imitating Christ, who have you been imitating? I want to close off tonight by sharing with you what I've learned recently from reading G.K. Beale. It's very relevant to the topic tonight. It is from his book, We Become What We Worship. We become what we worship. If you have been wondering since Bible reading time why we read Psalms 115, here is the answer. G.K. Bill's main thesis in the book is very simple. He says, All of us, as human beings, are imitators and there is no neutrality. We are either being conformed to an idol of the world or to God. The memorable statement in this book says, What people revere, they resemble, either for ruin or restoration. Let me try to unpack that. First of all, Bill is saying, All human beings are imitators and they are no neutrality. We are created to be reflecting beings. That's who we are. We are made to be image bearers, made to bear image of another. Secondly, you would say, we become the image of what we worship, either that of the Creator 
or something in creation. Either we reveal the world and are conformed to the sinful patterns of this world, or we reveal God and are progressively conformed into his likeness. And Liu helpfully pointed out that in Romans, the word images appear only in two places. Firstly, in Romans 1, which says, Claiming to be wise, they became fools, and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man, and birds, and animals, and reptiles. Secondly, it is found in Romans 8, 29, which says, For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. The point is, according to Romans, humans are being molded into one or two images, either into distortion of creation and idol, or into the image of the creator. So the million dollar question, if you have not imitated Christ, who or what have you been imitating? You cannot say, Siamese, original, by imitating no one and nothing. No, you are definitely imitating someone or something. You become what you worship. You become what you imitate. What you are coming to. So if it is not Christ, then who or what is it? It must be an idol. Brothers and sisters, idols destroy and devour lives. They distort and diminish our humanity. They promise a lot, but they deliver nothing. We become what we worship. We become what we imitate, either for ruin or for restoration. In contrast to the idols, brothers and sisters, Jesus Christ, our Savior and our Lord, died to redeem us from lawlessness and has now set as an example the perfect man who lived the perfect life, the true and only ultimate human being that can be called truly human, is now set as an example for us to follow. And by the power of His Spirit, the same Spirit of that same perfect man is now living in us. He is slowly but surely transforming us to be more like the true human. So let us as followers of Jesus, imitate Christ. For Christians are those whom God has predestined. It's our destiny that we will be conformed to the image of His Son. The ultimate human is the true human. We strive to imitate Him because He is at work to make us more of Christ. That's right. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for your commitment to restore the fallen image in us. Thank you, Father, that you have made us to be image bearers. Thank you that you have made us to in the image, in your image. And thank you that in Christ Jesus you have restored the image in a perfect man. And not only that, Father, those who are by faith in Him now 
have your spirit indwelling in us, giving us the strength that we do not have to be changed and transformed slowly but surely into the image of death of that man. Thank you for the completeness of salvation, of creating a new humanity that is truly God-fearing, that is truly bearing your image. And we thank you, Father, that as a church, we are now part of the community. So help us as a church to imitate our Lord Jesus. Help us to point each other to imitate him. For your spirit is at work to change us. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand and sing it up.